2: I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at Chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family.
1: VGW Group. No purchase necessary. where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
0: i got a stone cold. The Hellraiser is full. Evolution of the Shield. John Cena versus the Showstopper. Hulk Hogan and The Rock in the same ring. You will never take my place at the head of the table. i take it. Oh my God! What? My God, Michaels! Just kicked Cena's head off! The Monday Night Wars have come to WrestleMania! It will be The Raw! It will be Austin! One One on one!
3: Hey, what's up, guys, and welcome back to WWE Retro on the WWE podcast on this Friday, July 8th, as we are finally on the road to SummerSlam this year. Money in the Bank is in the rearview mirror, and for the first time in what feels like forever... We have SummerSlam in July. I've always been accustomed to it being in the middle or towards the end of August, but WWE clearly switching up their plans this year and having it a bit earlier in the summer. I don't completely hate it, although I'm curious to see how the rest of the pay per views will fare if there will be one in August. If you remember a few years ago, I think it was a, was it Backlash or when Roman Reigns returned and attacked uh, The Fiend and uh, Braun Strowman to win the Universal Championship. I believe it was at a pay-per-view like a week or two directly after SummerSlam. But obviously we're not here to talk about pay-per-views, we are here to talk about a retro event. And today we are here to talk about John Cena's rise to the main event. And obviously, that's a bit subjective, but uh, just to kind of hammer out some parameters, I'm going to be talking about from when he entered the WWE right up until his first WWE Championship victory at WrestleMania at 21 in 2005, and how John Cena really rose to the main event status and became arguably the greatest superstar we've ever seen in the history of the company. Obviously, completely subjective whether or not you think John Cena is there or not. I would not have him there, but he is 100% on my Mount Rushmore because of what he's meant to the business. And, um, you know, he was never one of my favorites. I was never like a huge John Cena fan by any stretch, but I still to this day think that his impact on the business is almost unparalleled because... I think that when he came in, he kind of took over the lead role in the company during a very vulnerable time, at a time where the company was desperately searching for that next, quote, big guy, the next face that runs the place, and he came in and really took that ball and ran with it for pretty much a decade or so, uncontested. Obviously, was that all for the good of WWE? You would probably make the case otherwise. But nevertheless, it's hard to argue what John Cena meant to the business. And I guess you could start off by how he showed up in the business. And obviously, the first time we ever saw John Cena on WWE television was June twenty seventh, two 2002, where he interrupted Kurt Angle, slapped him in the face, he possessed ruthless aggression, all that. And the first five to six months or so for John Cena were not very successful. And there were talks about him being released, you know, a very vanilla guy, wasn't getting over much, and as we know, he finally got the attention of WWE management, and more specifically, then general manager of SmackDown, Stephanie McMahon, when he was rapping on a plane, and she thought he was very good, obviously he was, and it catapulted John Cena into the main event. Or, not into the main event, rather, but it catapulted him into the uh, mainstay on SmackDown. And, it's weird because we always remember the back to the Doctor of Thugonomics John Cena, when he was really kind of the mid-card babyface US champion over on SmackDown. But, there was a time long before that, in early 2003, where John Cena had Bull Buchanan with him. And you had a very heel and smug John Cena.
0: You from Tampa, I'm from Boston. New law enforcement. Like your four horsemen. You short men, you need a cavalry to battle me. I beat you down brutally and watch you die tragically. I beat your dad if you battle me. I beat your mom. Your sister calls me Leprechaun. Always after my lucky job. The Physical storm. You dare to throw out your team.
3: So that's just kind of a sneak preview to what we would see from John Cena as a heel and This is basically what we were accustomed to in the early years of John Cena post his initial, initial debut. A guy who'd come in, rap his whole theme song down to the ring and had B2, aka Bull Buchanan, as his sidekick. And he had a series of matches with Brock Lesnar in early 2003. He had some matches with Eddie Guerrero, Rikishi, all that. But his big first ever program would come against none other than The Undertaker that which, you know, I think is kind of ironic when you look back, because all these years later, all we wanted was for a John Cena versus Undertaker match at a WrestleMania. And little did we know that all those all these years prior, these two had actually fought and was arguably John Cena's first meaningful feud on the WWE main roster. And although it was at Vengeance 2003, it truly felt like a big time level fight. Fight.
0: Challenge right now. You your nose
3: So big time push for John Cena here getting in a program with The Undertaker and fun fact Vengeance 2003 was the first ever brand exclusive pay-per-view uh, specifically for SmackDown. So this was a pretty big pay-per-view in the history uh, in this era of SmackDown and uh, this is kind of when they started fast tracking John Cena onto a path of significance and relevance because you just don't start having programs and matches with The Undertaker uh, for shits and giggles for lack of better terms pardon my language and this is when you started really start when you started to really take John Cena seriously and he would lose this match but again one of these situations where you're winning even in a loss and a situation where John Cena was starting to be recognized as a true player on SmackDown. And I think that for WWE they needed this over on SmackDown because you had a lot of the old guard in Kurt Angle in The Big Show in The Undertaker and obviously Brock Lesnar sitting at the top of the card, but beyond that, you know, Eddie Guerrero hadn't made his push yet, Chris Benoit was on the cusp of making his push and they really needed new um, new talent to try and get pushed through. And John Cena obviously would stay on his upward trajectory leading out of 2003 and into 2004. But it wasn't until November of 2003, leading into Survivor Series uh, 2003, in the Kurt Angle versus Brock Lesnar 5-on-5 traditional elimination match, that we would get arguably the most significant moment in John Cena's trajectory towards the main event.
2: I hereby proclaim you, John Cena, the fifth and final member of Team Lesnar at Survivor Series! So the rumors, wow. the rumors are true! John Cena will be joining
0: Lesnar's team at Survivor Series! Okay. General Manager said it! Chill, 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 chill. You're telling me that I'm member five of Team Lesnar for Survivor Series. I didn't stutter, did I? Oh, no. No, you didn't, but, uh... I got a problem with that. You see, nobody tells John Cena what to do. And besides, bro, look at your team, man. I ain't gonna fit in on Team Sasquatch. I mean, bro. Hey, I know how
3: to so John Cena gets, I guess, bestowed with the honor to join Team Lesnar along with um, Matt Morgan, Nathan Jones, The Big Show, and he declines. And in that moment, John Cena turned babyface and would effectively join Team Kurt Angle, along with Chris Benoit, Bradshaw, and Hardcore Holly. And John Cena joining Kurt Angle's team and being one of the sole survivors, along with Chris Benoit, was when you really knew something special was going on. And he ended the match by hitting the big show with an FU, which was absolutely insane. And. Him and Benoit are the lone survivors or the, the two survivors left over to secure the victory for Kurt Angle. And this is when John Cena, now on the babyface side of the card, really start get, started to get fast tracked into a very significant role here. He comes down to one of the, um, he came down to the end in the Royal Rumble 2004. He actually hurt his knee on the elimination that looked really, really gruesome And then at No Way Out 2004, he's involved in the Triple Threat match along with the Big Show and Kurt Angle to determine the number one contender for the WWE Championship at WrestleMania 20. Obviously, Kurt Angle would win that match and go on to face uh, Eddie Guerrero at uh, WrestleMania 20. But John Cena gets the honor to have a match for the United States Championship against the Big Show, a match that would open WrestleMania. And, you know, I've talked at length how much I've loved uh, WrestleMania 20 for how significant it was, the stars it had, the up-and-coming matches it had, the amount of championships that were defended. For me, bar none, a top three WrestleMania of all time, just an absolutely brilliant card up and down. But what goes with a brilliant card is how you kick off the night. And John Cena opened WrestleMania 20. He was the first guy you saw when WrestleMania 20 went on the air and obviously cuts a promo on the big show in Madison Square Garden wearing a Patrick Ewing Knicks jersey and right off the bat had the crowd in his hand and even in this video I just played you heard that as even as a heel the crowd was behind John Cena at this time as the doctor of Thuganomics and as the match went on and it came to a close John Cena, even with heel tendencies, would secure his biggest victory to date. Match, which gives Big Show more leverage. That's right, all leverage in the
0: world. is just a matter of time for the Big Show to finish off John Cena. Nothing against John Cena. Tremendous athlete. The kid's got a great upside, but he's overmatched against United States Champion John Cena. Back to both feet. John Cena. Desperate. A shot to the ribs of Big Show. Again, a right hand to the ribs of the Big Show. In a third right hand, John Cena trying to build momentum. And he's got hot, got hot, no doubt about it. A close Big Show wobbles. Big Show reeling again off the right hand. John Cena with a third right hand, and the kid from Massachusetts is to battle back into the state He might have something here. Careful here.
3: So, John Cena, with the help of the brass knucks, nails Big Show in the face, and after a second, FU secures his first ever US and championship in WWE, and I I thought this was a great storytelling, where you had a babyface John Cena, but still up to the antics, that got him over in the first place, and it's just so crazy to see John Cena have the crowd behind him in such a capacity, and uh, just an absolute great moment for john cena a fantastic way to kick off uh wrestlemania 20 and they were off to the races in 2004 with john cena in the uh on smackdown and um john cena would have a very important 2004 he had a very very significant program with booker t in 2004 where It would ultimately culminate in a best of five that would start at SummerSlam 04 and end at No Mercy 2004. And I think that was something that really kind of propelled John Cena to to an even higher level because going toe-to-toe with a veteran like Booker T, exchanging the United States Championship several times it kind of showed that he could go with the best of them. And Booker T, by this point, in my opinion, was kind of like an elder statesman, had been in WWE for about three years, had been in professional wrestling for, I would want to say almost 10 at this point, maybe a bit less. But uh, that program with Booker T is not talked about enough, in my opinion. And he would trade the belt with Booker T a few times, and uh, it was actually vacated at one point leading into the Great American Bash 2004. But John Cena really hovered around that United States Championship scene for all of 2004 pretty much. Even until the night after uh, his, no, his, best of five, his best of five series with Booker T would culminate at No Mercy. Uh, he would drop the belt to a debuting Carlito. And uh, Carlito, much in the much like the fashion, John Cena won his first ever U.S. title. Would use the chain to hit John Cena over the head and secure the U.S. championship. And then the storyline would come out that John Cena was stabbed in a club, and you know they they kind of made it. They insinuated that it was Carlito and his henchman Jesus that were the culprits in doing so. And this would lead to a John Cena return at Survivor Series 2004 when he was fighting on behalf of Team Guerrero and Carlito was fighting on behalf of Team Angle and John Cena's return at this Survivor Series was kind of when you knew based on the crowd reaction that you know what this guy is destined for stardom
0: Be able to do it. John Cena pursuit. He is what the heck what the heck what for it, this
3: night. And uh, John Cena chases Carlito out of the building, and he would eventually regain the United States Championship at a later uh, fight between uh, himself and Carlito. But now you kind of knew it was a matter of time. You knew it was a matter of time before John Cena would find himself in the main event. And uh, at the Royal Rumble 2005, it comes down to him and the Big Show, or not the Big Show, Batista. And after a controversial finish and Vince McMahon comes down to the ring and tears both of his quads trying to get in the ring, uh, Batista would win the Royal Rumble to go on to main event WrestleMania. But that's on the Raw side of things. And on the SmackDown side of things, you had to find a guy to become the number one contender for JBL's WWE Championship. And John Cena would win a tournament to gain that honor. Still as the United States Champion. And John Cena winning this was really well-received. I think he was the only choice by this point. And it became clear that on the road to WrestleMania 21, that this was the guy that the crowd was ready to get behind. And obviously JBL, who had been on a nine-month run as WWE champion, just the guy who really walked the line between true heel heat and borderline go-away heat, the crowd was ready for someone new they were ready for someone fresh and especially when he dropped the u.s title to orlando jordan heading into wrestlemania 21 you got a feeling that this was finally going to be the time that wwe goes in a different direction and pulls the trigger on a brand new era for the wwe championship and when wrestlemania 21 came to be it was time for john cena to fulfill the prophecy
0: Frustration perhaps on his face as the champion looks to see what he has to do to put the challenger away. I mean how many times has, has JBL unsuccessfully went for a pickup and not get the victory? Have a look at JBL's up on the top and the oh, There's the challenger on the Scoop Slayer, Catching JBL, yep. at a appearance instinct in midair. I'll tell you what, that's usually not something you see JBL do. That's uncharacteristic of him. Not a little jet up there, but JBL. I'm sorry, John Cena does not have the wherewithal to get a cover on JBL. John Cena, take advantage here. There's been a number of points in the matchup, but Cena has had an opportunity, has had an opening, and Bradshaw has slammed the window shut. And there's an elbow. And Cena with the right hand. And he the champion's life And here He's bringing those punches. A nice headbutt. The John Cena's going to the champion down, And a kid from. West is beginning to feel it here. Oh, oh, whoa, whoa! Big oh, back oh, body oh, drop oh, the champion. What the hell, Cena two point stretch. Here in trouble. Look at this, Cena! Oh, big oh, hip oh, toss. Wow, I get something. look at Look oh, at Cena, fired up. Oh, look at this, a side slam. Where did Cena, get this. From? See me?
3: So John Cena secures his first ever WWE championship against John Pradshaw Layfield at WrestleMania 21, and thus completing his ascent and his arrival into the main event of WWE. And the only thing that kind of hurts this, in my opinion, is that I I really didn't think it was a good match. I remember in the moment being very underwhelmed, just about 12 minutes and look, I, JBL obviously had his limitations in the ring. There's far worse matches than this, but I just, I don't know. I was not a uh, massive fan of the match itself, but uh, John Cena winning and the story to get here was obviously very, very um, well done. And someone had mentioned this to me a couple days, I believe I about a week ago on Twitter, my fellow Canadian, Dan Knightley, uh, so shout out to your Dan, if you're listening, that the build to WrestleMania 21 was probably the best in of this era, I would say. Not the best WrestleMania by any stretch, in my opinion. I thought it was a very satisfactory WrestleMania. Wasn't a fan that, aside from the women's WWE and World Heavyweight Championships, there were no titles defended. Um, And in my opinion, I don't think there was enough gimmick matches. Obviously, the first ever Money in the Bank ladder match is a very significant one. But uh, I just didn't think uh, there was enough uh, special matches, if there were, if you would. But uh, the build to WrestleMania 21 was almost unparalleled. Obviously, with Cena going against JBL, Batista's babyface turn against Triple H, the Money in the Bank ladder match, the first ever to do so uh taker versus orton hbk versus angle it was a very very good build and john cena was an integral part of that because it really was kind of new school versus old school at this wrestlemania cena versus jbl and all the matches I just rattled off, it really was kind of like the two generations colliding against one another. And a lot of very high-profile one-on-one matches, which obviously is what WrestleMania is what WrestleMania's not all about, right? Like, I was talking about gimmick matches, but I'm probably just a sucker for that. When you really get down to it, Mania is typically all about the high-profile one-on-one matches, and uh, WrestleMania 21 had that. So, objectively, a very good WrestleMania Subjectively, I didn't hate it, but I wasn't a massive fan of it. So take that for what it's worth. But what it did certainly accomplish was John Cena carving out his official spot in the main event. And he would stay there for just about 10 years or so. And the rest is history. And we know everything that John Cena's meant to this business. And whether you love him, whether you hate him, you cannot deny the impact he had. On WWE on the later part of the Ruthless Aggression era and all of the PG era and was it all great no was it all must watch television certainly not did they make some bad booking decisions along the way absolutely but I think that John Cena really kind of carried this company for a long time and I would have liked to see what he could have done if he had been in the Ruthless Aggression era or even the Attitude era to see what a non-PG version of John Cena would have been. But at the same time, what he did with Make-A-Wish is something that I guess, at least for me personally, gives his never-turning heel a pass. The the non-heel turn for John Cena for me gets a pass because of what he did for Make-A-Wish and for all the lives he has changed and... You know what, we love wrestling, we love good storytelling, we love a good heel turn, but uh what he's done for Make-A-Wish and making so many kids happy is paramount in my opinion. And it's something that um I won't get into it, but it's something that really kind of hits home for me. It's something that has always kind of um it's always kind of affected me in a very sentimental way. Um and I think that uh seeing John Cena all these years what he's done for thousands, or hundreds rather, let's not get carried away, for hundreds of children to be their real-life superhero is something that for me, look, again, I'm not a huge John Cena fan as a character, he was never a top five for me of all time or anything like that, but from an objective standpoint, the impact he's had on as many lives as he has, I think think it kind of supersedes everything he did in the ring and just a really good dude by all accounts and uh a well-deserved 20 years of celebration of him in the ring but i thought it was just very important to come on here and talk about how he got to the main event from early 2003 until early 2005 well anyway guys that's all i got for you today i hope you enjoyed john cena's rise to the main event As always, you can get me on Twitter at adamarco 25 You can get Matt on Twitter at wrestling underscore audio, or you can email him each and every week for the WWE mailbag. Anyway, guys, I hope you're enjoying your summer. I'll talk to you next week.